Today is the 18th day of January 2021. I am Denise. Welcome to Psalmscast. Woohoo! Hey everyone. Did you hit the ground running today? I sure am running, running into the shelter of the Lord, being hidden in the shadow of His wings as craziness is happening in our world. And this keeps me calm and at peace as I wait to see how some personal situations are going to play out. Our society and the world is shifting and groaning, and we can take comfort that His, our Father's, living Word contains nuggets of nourishment here in the bread of life, His Word. Let's go into His presence today. Our five chapters that we will be visiting are Psalm 18, Psalm 48, Psalm 78, Psalm 108, and Psalm 138. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. At the end of today's podcast, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, we are continuing tracking through Genesis. Today, the focus is on Jacob's journey to find a wife for himself from his mother's brother's family. And Jacob gets to experience a taste of trickery that once again has long-lasting consequences. We're in Genesis 29 and 30. Let's take a brief moment just to invite the Lord to be the focus for this time. Father, we come humbly here into your presence. We are searching for you. Open our minds Open our hearts to what your word has for us here today. Transform our lives, Lord. We are looking to you for hope. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 18. The Lord praised for rescuing David. A psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord rescued him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Savior, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The ropes of death encompassed me, and the torrents of destruction terrified me. The ropes of shields surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry for help before him came into his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains were trembling and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils, and fire from his mouth was devouring. Coals burned from it. He also bowed the heavens down low and came down with thick darkness under his feet. He rode on a cherubim and flew, and he sped on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, his canopy around him, darkness of waters, thick clouds. 
from the brightness before him past his thick clouds, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them, and lightning flashes in abundance and routed them. Then the channels of water appeared, and the foundations of the world were exposed. At your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He saved me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into an open place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has repaid me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not acted wickedly against my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also blameless with him, and I kept myself from my wrongdoing. Therefore the Lord has repaid me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyes. With the faithful, you show yourself faithful. With the blameless, you prove yourself blameless. With the pure, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you show yourself astute. For you save an afflicted people, but you humiliated haughty eyes. For you light my lamp. The Lord my God illuminates my darkness. For by you I can run at a troop of warriors, and by my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is refined. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who encircles me with strength and makes my way blameless. He makes my feet like a deer's feet and sets me up on my high places. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand upholds me and your gentleness makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me and my feet have not slipped. I pursued my enemies and overtook them, and I did not turn back until they were consumed. I shattered them so they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. For you have encircled me with strength for battle. You have forced those who rose up against me to bow down under me. You have also made my enemies turn their backs to me. And I destroyed those who hated me. They cried for help, but there was no one to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them fine like the dust before the wind. I emptied them out like the mud of the streets. You have rescued me from the contentions of the people. You have placed me as head of the nations. A people who I have not known serve me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. Foreigners pretend to obey me. Foreigners lose heart and come trembling 
out of their fortresses. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who executes vengeance for me and subdues peoples under me. He rescues me from my enemies. You indeed lift me above those who rise up against me. You rescue me from a violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you among the nations, Lord, and I will sing praises to your name. He gives great salvation to his king and shows faithfulness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Psalm 48 The Beauty and Glory of Zion A Song, A Psalm Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God, his holy mountain. Beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth, is Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. In its palaces, God has made himself known as a stronghold. For behold, the kings arrived. They passed by together. They saw it, then they were amazed. They were terrified. They fled in a hurry. Panic seized them there. Anguish as that of a woman in childbirth. With the east wind, you smashed the ships of Tarshish. Just as we have heard, so have we seen. In the city of the Lord of armies, in the city of our God, God will establish her forever. We have thought over your goodness, God, in the midst of your temple. As is your name, God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. Mount Zion shall be glad. The daughters of Judah shall rejoice because of your judgments. Walk around Zion and encircle her. Count her towers. Consider her ramparts. Go through her palaces so that you may tell of her to the next generation. For such is God, our God forever and ever. He will lead us until death. Psalm 78 God's guidance to his people in spite of their unfaithfulness. Listen, my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will tell riddles of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children. But we will tell the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his power and his wondrous works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob, and he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they were to teach them to their children, so that the generation to come would know, the children yet to be born, that they would arise and tell them to their children so that they would put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but comply with his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. The sons of Ephraim were archers equipped with bows, yet they turned back on the day of battle 
They did not keep the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. They forgot his deeds and his miracles that he had shown them. He performed wonders before their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zon. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the water stand up like a heap. Then he led them with a cloud by day, and all the night with a light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them plenty to drink, like the ocean depths. He brought forth streams from the rock and made waters run down like rivers. Yet they still continued to sin against him, to rebel against the Most High in the desert. And in their heart they put God to the test by asking for food that suited their taste. Then they spoke against God. They said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rock so that waters gushed out and streams were overflowing. Can he also provide bread? Will he prepare meat for his people? Therefore the Lord heard and was full of wrath, and a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also mounted against Israel, because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Yet he commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna upon them to eat and gave them food from heaven. Man ate the bread of angels. He sent them food in abundance. He made the east wind blow in the sky, and by his power he directed the south wind. When he rained meat upon them like the dust, even winged fowl like the sand of the seas, he let them fall in the midst of their camp, all around their dwellings. So they ate and were well filled, and he satisfied their longing. Yet before they had abandoned their longing, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them and killed some of their strongest ones and subdued the choice men of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned and did not believe in his wonderful works. So he brought their days to an end in futility and their years to an end in sudden terror. When he killed them, then they sought him, and they returned and searched diligently for God. And they remembered that God was their rock, and the Most High God their Redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouth, and lied to him with their tongue. For their heart was not steadfast towards him, nor were they faithful with his covenant. But he being compassionate, forgave their wrongdoing and did not destroy them. And often he restrained his anger and did not stir up all his wrath. So he remembered that they were only flesh, a wind that passes and does not return. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Again and again they tempted God and pained the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power, the day when he redeemed them from the enemy, when he performed his signs in Egypt and his marvels in the field of Zon, and turned 
their rivers to blood and their streams so that they could not drink. He sent swarms of flies among them that devoured them and frogs that destroyed them. He also gave their crops to the grasshopper and the product of their labor to the locusts. He destroyed their vines with hailstones and their sycamore trees with frost. He also turned their cattle over to the hailstones and their herds to bolts of lightning. He sent his burning anger upon them, fury and indignation and trouble, a band of destroying angels. He leveled a path for his anger. He did not spare their sons from death but turned their lives over to the plague and struck all the firstborn in Egypt, the first and best of their vigor in the tents of Ham. But he led his own people out like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them safely so that they did not fear and the sea engulfed their enemies. So he brought them to his holy land, to this hill country, which his right hand had gained. He also drove out the nations from them and apportioned them as an inheritance by measurement and had the tribes of Israel dwell in their tents. Yet they tempted and rebelled against the Most High God and did not keep his testimonies, but turned back and act treacherously like their fathers. They turned aside like a treacherous bow, For they provoked him with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their carved images. When God heard them, he was filled with wrath and he utterly rejected Israel so that he abandoned the dwelling place at Shiloh, the tent which he had pitched among people. And he gave up his strength to captivity and his glory into the hand of the enemy. He also turned his people over to the sword and was filled with wrath at his inheritance. Fire devoured his young men and his virgins had no wedding songs. His priests fell by the sword and his widows could not weep. Then the Lord awoke as if from sleep, like a warrior overcome by wine. He drove his adversaries backward He put on them an everlasting disgrace. He also rejected the tent of Joseph and did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. And he built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth, which he has established forever. He also chose his servant David and took him from the sheepfolds, from the care of the ewes, With nursing lambs, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. Psalm 108 God praised and pleased to give victory. A song, a psalm of David. My heart is steadfast, God. I will sing. I will sing praises also with my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, Lord, among the peoples 
and I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your mercy is great above the heavens, and your truth reaches to the skies. Be exalted above the heavens, Lord, and may your glory be above all the earth, so that your beloved may be rescued. Save with your right hand and answer me. God has spoken in his holiness. I will triumph. I will divide up Shechem and measure out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine. Manassas is mine. Ephraim also is the helmet of my head. Judah is my scepter. Moab is my washbowl. I will throw my sandal over Edom. I will shout aloud over Philistia. Who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? God, have you yourself not rejected us? And will you not go forth with our armies, God? Give us help against the enemy, for deliverance by man is worthless. Through God, we will do valiantly, and it is he who will trample down our enemies. And our final psalm today is Psalm 138. Thanksgiving for the Lord's favor. A psalm of David. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I will bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your mercy and your truth. For you have made your word great according to all your name. On the day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth will give thanks to you, Lord when they have heard the words of your mouth, and they will sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For the Lord is exalted, yet he looks after the lowly, but he knows the haughty from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will reach out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your faithfulness, Lord, is everlasting. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Conflict and controversies, censoring and gaslighting. This is our new normal, and it started with a crisis. Many argue how it started does it really matter anymore? That water is already over the dam, and we will not be able to draw it back. Being here in the Word of God every day is what is making the difference between dread, despair, and calm, peace. Fear is really only an acronym for false evidence appearing real. Yes, so many have jumped on the fear train because the days are uncertain and they don't know their eternal destiny. We have been living in this weirdness for over nine months. Governments around the world are in flux. Did you know that? It's not just the United States. There are government shakeups happening right now in Europe. Hmm... 
We need to be ready in season and out of season to give an account of what we believe in, what our hope is in. And the question may be, are you willing to give up everything to stay true, to stay the course? Our family has imploded, and yes, it is sad. The clash was over. Guess what? Yes, COVID. Our adult children are making choices and decisions that do not align with my choices and decisions. And for the first time ever, I honestly am not devastated at the loss of fellowship with them. Our sons are adults. They do not live with us. We are not dependent on them or they on us. Our households are independent of each other. Some grievous, sad situations happened over the past 21 days. Oh, at the moment of the actions, I was stunned as if I had been slapped. Then I was hurt, deeply hurt. It came from both sides on different issues, literally days apart. On December 31st, I made a decision that I did not want to carry the hurt and the anger of 2020 into this year. So I wrote both of them emails to ask their forgiveness for every way that I had failed or caused them grief in 2020. I also stated my sadness about their hurtful actions. I told them I forgave them. And yes, I did send those emails in the last minutes of 2020. I owned my errors. It is time for my children to man up and do the same. They are already forgiven, and I have no angst against them. For those who have been tracking through Genesis, I want you to remember when Abram and Lot's herdsmen were squabbling over wells and such. Abram told Lot to pick which way he wanted to go, and Abram would go in the opposite direction. Lot chose his own path. Abraham and Lot parted company. Now, friends, I have decided that I do want the Lord to sift my life. I want him to shake the foundations, all of it, friendships, family, employment, hobbies, all the way to the ground. Anything that compromises me, I want gone. I do not want to keep one foot in the world being like those who wink at evil practices that grieve Father God. If our children, my sons, choose to align themselves with the world instead of following God, I am releasing them. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to plead. I'm not going to bargain with them. Will I pray for them? Yes, I will. And that prayer will be for the Lord to sift their life to the foundation until they fall before His throne and repent from worshiping false information of man. I pray, I pray that because I love them, not because I'm angry or because I want them to fail. Okay, honestly, 
I would rather have them fall flat on their faces and lose everything and have Jesus than for them to have a charmed life in this earthly life and miss God's best for eternity. Okay, I am very aware of what is at stake. Our oldest son's birthday is on Wednesday. I have resigned myself that this year I'll use the postal service to send a greeting card and a gift. And yes, it's going to be a Bible and some tracts. And yes, I am getting pressure to just let it all go and play nice. Uh, no. Let's consider how Abraham and Lot went their separate ways. When Lot was captured during a war, Abraham went to help free him from his captors. But then Abraham went back to his own place. They did not commingle. Lot chose Sodom's company. Abram chose God's company. My children were raised in truth. As their primary educator, truth and honesty and being transparent was the model by which we lived all the years that they were in our household. When we messed up, we confessed it, we repented, we forgave, and we walked forward. Family members were not allowed to sin against each other and then have everyone wink at that sin as harmless boy stuff or mom's PMS moments. My entire adult life has been to live transparently as a sinner whose life was redeemed by Jesus. Jesus lived a transparent life every moment of his life. I honestly deserve the full wrath of God for my sins. Yet Jesus went to the cross so that I could live and be adopted into God's family. Y'all, I am the daughter of Daddy God. So now to go back to pretending that we're all one big happy family for birthdays and holidays for the sake of their children, I cannot live a lie again. That is the life that I lived as a child. The home of my birth was a dysfunctional family that presented a united happy front to the world, and abuse happened behind closed doors. Serious abuse. When I spoke out the truth of what actually was happening as an adult, those with the most to lose tried to shut me down as always being oversensitive. They attempted to censor what I needed to tell, my experience living on the side of a volcano. Those who were also caught in the hell of our family home life were embarrassed for those to know how screwed up our family really was, so they minimized and gaslighted me. I have been fighting that battle for over half of my life. God took the ashes of my childhood and made beauty out of them. Yes, there are small children whom I love very dearly involved, children who are not my responsibility. I am not responsible for making this easy for their parents. Will I miss out on the day-to-day -day moments of joy in those children's life?
Yes, just as my parents missed out on their grandchildren's life moments. It will be okay. It might sting, but I am waiting for God to move. Gracious Heavenly Father, Jesus said a time would come when families would be split apart and divided. Around this planet, which you created and placed man in, division is happening rapidly. Child against parents, brother against brother. Evil is called good and good is called evil. Your living word speaks to all of this. Our fathers did not tell us of your awesome acts and of your power. They did not read your living words over our lives each day as we were growing up. Yes, some of us went to church and we went through the motions, but most of it was all just posturing outwardly while we remained a people of unclean lips and hardened hearts. Our culture is winning the hearts and minds of our children. The world they want glorifies and worship the man instead of you, our creator. We spend time in your word and we are filled with a reverence for how amazing, merciful, and awesome you are, Lord. And then we have to go out there and we have to co-mingle with people who laugh and scoff at our love and devotion for you. And this treasured possession, the Bible, we are called fools, simpletons, idiots, or worse, because we choose you. We come home with bumps and bruises and heavy hearts for those we love who are lost or who have strayed away from your precepts. We try to shake off the threads that want to drag us into their tricks and traps that are wicked and evil, those that desire to steal our joy and destroy our lives. We are watching. We are waiting. We are praying that you will shake the foundations and wake the people up. We are praising you because you are so merciful and your grace is new every single day. Lord, speak into our life today. Holy Spirit, remind us to forgive those who are unkind, to turn the other cheek, to be humble, meek, and to stay true to fearing God's awesome power and wrath. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Now for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, at the very end today, We are continuing the Genesis journey in Genesis 29 and Genesis 30. Yes, Jacob finally makes his way to the home of his uncle Laban. What looks so straightforward takes a turn for the crazy, and the tables get turned on Jacob this time. So friends, I would love to hear from you, your thoughts about the podcast If you have questions, I'd love to try and answer them. If you would like prayer for yourself or someone you know, let us know and we will pray for them. Or if you would like a Bible, the way to do that is if you're in the United States, call or text 
The number is 470-240-1509. For listeners outside the U.S., use WhatsApp. The WhatsApp number is 1-470-240-1509. You can also connect or message through social media. PsalmsCast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today, guys. I am Denise. I love you. I am praying for you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow, Lord willing. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Genesis chapter 29 and chapter 30. Wow, our world before COVID-19, was fascinated by reality TV shows such as The Amazing Race, Survivor, Big Brothers, and such. The one thing that each of these shows had in common was this, drama. That was the common theme, outwit and outlast and outplay. Twins are a fascinating phenomenon. My sisters are identical twins. And when children are born to older parents, those offsprings are often cherished and, yes, spoiled. Isaac favored his firstborn son. The firstborn, as the child came out of the birth canal, literally minutes before his younger brother. Rebecca favored her younger son, Jacob. Mom decided she wanted her favorite, to receive the blessing. So while the older son was out hunting, she and Jacob, the younger, deceived blind old Isaac into believing that the son before him was Esau. This was an elaborate ruse, and it worked. Jacob was blessed by his father, and Esau was filled with a murderous rage. When Rebekah realized that Esau planned to murder Jacob, she pleaded with her husband Isaac to send Jacob to her brother's house in order to find a wife from among her people, a wife that knew the real living God. So Jacob was sent away. The saddest part is that by doing this ruse, Rebekah did secure her son, her favorite son, receiving the blessing. And when she kissed him goodbye as he was leaving, that would be the last time that she would ever lay eyes on this favorite son. She would die before Jacob would return to Canaan. On the way to his uncle Laban's home, Jacob had a God experience during the night. God confirms the promise that he had made to Jacob's grandfather Abraham, his father Isaac, and now the Lord promises, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. 
that next morning Jacob set up a memorial stone and poured oil over its top and named the place Bethel. Jacob also vowed, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take and give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I return to my father's house in safety, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone, which I have set up as a memorial stone, will be God's house. And of everything that you give me, I will assuredly give a tenth to you. So now we're going to find out what happens when Jacob arrives there. So as I read, allow God's words to wash over you and through you, trusting the Holy Spirit to unpack it for you. Genesis chapter 29. Jacob meets Rachel. Then Jacob set out on his journey and went to the land of the people of the east. He looked and saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it, because they watered the flocks from that well. Now the stone on the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, they would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep. Then they would put the stone back in its place on the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where are you from? They said, We are from Haran. So he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to them, Is it well with him? And they said, It is well. And here is his daughter Rachel coming with the sheep. Then he said, Look, it's still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered and they roll the stone from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. When Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of his mother's brother Laban, and the sheep of his mother's brother Laban, Jacob went up and rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the flock of his mother's brother Laban. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and raised his voice and wept. Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. So when Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Then he told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, You certainly are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in figure and appearance. Now Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, 
It is better that I give her to you than to give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him like only a few days because of his love for her. Laban's Treachery Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my time is completed, that I may have relations with her. So Laban gathered all the people of the place and held a feast. Now on the evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to him, and Jacob had relations with her. Laban also gave his female servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a slave. So it came about in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Was it not Rachel that I served with you? Why then have you deceived me? But Laban said, It is not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other one also, for the service which you shall serve with me for another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week, and he gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. Laban also gave his female slave Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her slave. So Jacob had relations with Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban for another seven years. Now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb. But Rachel was unable to have children. Leah conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore he was named Levi. And she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. Genesis chapter 30 The Sons of Jacob Now when Rachel saw that she had not bore Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister, and she said to Jacob, Give me children, or else I'm going to die. Then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God, who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Then she said, Here is my female servant Bilhah. Have relations with her, that she may give birth on my knees, so that by her I too may obtain a child. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife, and Jacob had relations with her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me, and indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. Therefore she named him Dan. And Rachel's slave Bilhah conceived again, and bore Jacob a second son. So Rachel said, With mighty wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister, 
and I have indeed prevailed. And she named him Naphtali. When Rachel saw that she had stopped having children, she took her slave Zilpah and gave him to Jacob as his wife. And Rachel's slave Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, How fortunate! So she named him Gad. And Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, Happy am I, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Now in the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrake fruits in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter to you to take my husband? And would you take my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, Therefore he may sleep with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must have relations with me, for I indeed hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has given me my reward because I gave my slave to my husband. So she named him Issachar. And Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son to Jacob. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good gift. Finally, my husband will acknowledge me as his wife because I have bore him six sons. So she named him Zebulon. Afterward, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. So she conceived and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. And she named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord give me another son. Jacob prospers. Now it came about when Rachel had given birth to Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served you, and let me go. For you yourself know my service, which I have rendered you. But Laban said to him, If it pleases you at all, stay with me. I have determined by divination that the Lord has blessed me on your account. And he continued, Name me your wages, and I will give them. But Jacob said to him, You yourself know I have served you and how your livestock have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased to a multitude, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when shall I provide for my own household also? So he said, What shall I give you? And Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this one thing for me, I will again pasture and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from there any speckled or spotted lamb and every black sheep among the lambs and the spotted or speckled among the goats, and those shall be my wages." 
So my honesty will answer for me later when you come concerning my wages. Every one that is not speckled or spotted among the goats or black among the lambs is found with me will be considered stolen. And Laban said, Good, let it be according to your word. So he removed on that day the striped or spotted male goats and all the speckled or spotted female goats, every one with white on it and all the black ones among the sheep and put them in the care of his sons. And he put a distance of three days journey between himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar, almond, and plane trees, and peeled white stripes with them, exposing the white that was in the rods. He set the rods, which he had peeled, in front of the flocks in the drinking troughs, that is, in the drinking channels where the flocks came to drink, and they made it when they came to drink. So the flocks made it by the rods, and the flocks delivered striped, speckled, and spotted offspring. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face towards the striped and all the black in the flock of Laban. And he put his own herds apart and did not put them with Laban's flocks. Moreover, when the stronger of the flock were mating, Jacob would place the rods in the side of the flock in the drinking troughs so that they would mate by the rods. But when the flock was sickly, he did not put them in. So the sickly were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. So the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. Is your head spinning? My sure, mine sure is. This is a really crazy two chapters. We have Jacob getting tricked now. And a lot of people go, how on earth could Jacob marry a woman and not know that the woman that he is marrying was a sister and not the one that he really wanted? Well, if we actually go and read God's word, we realize When we speak of wedding today, we think of a church and we think of a bride in a beautiful dress and the guy in the tux. Okay, back then they didn't do it. It just consisted of a man and woman going in the tent, two people who were single, they went into the tent, they consummated, and boom, you're married. That's how they did marriage back in that day. So when after the seven years, Jacob goes to his uncle and says, hey, I want my wife. So Laban says that he threw a feast. He gathered all the people. Okay, in that day and age, women were not considered people. Men were the people. So you have all these guys getting together. They're feasting and they're enjoying beverages and... Then it says, the next verse says, Now in the evening, he, Laban, took his daughter Leah and brought her to him. And Jacob had relations with her. Okay, so Jacob is in his tent after having feasted 
probably asleep. And Laban brings this woman, his older daughter, to the tent and tells her to go in. Jacob is asleep. There's a warm female body next to him. There are no lights on. Figure it out, people. He wakes up the next morning and hello, he has found out that he has had sexual relations with the older daughter. Guess who got tricked? So he goes to Laban. He says, what have you done to me? And Laban says, hey, no problems. Just go ahead and finish off the week because in that culture, when you became married by going in the tent together, you spent the next seven days enjoying each other. So he says, finish off your week together. And then I will give you my other daughter. So before we think, okay, wow, seriously, Laban, you're something. Jacob has two wives and each wife has a female slave. So Leah starts popping out babies left, right, and center, one right after another. And Rachel gets jealous. She wants a baby too. So her idea is, hey, I have a slave woman here. Sleep with her. um, Make a baby with her, and I'll get to name the baby. And that's exactly what she does, and she ends up with two babies. And then Leah says, okay, well, now I want some babies. Jacob has gotten way more than what he ever expect it. The guy is getting bounced back and forth between all the women. Finally, Rachel has her son. She names him Joseph. And that at that point is when Jacob decides, okay, it's time to go home. I'm going to take my wives and I'm just going to go home. And Laban's like, hold on, wait a second. You know what? While you've been here, My holdings have increased since you've been with me. Verse 27 of chapter 30 says, But Laban said to him, If it pleases you at all, stay with me. I have determined by divination that the Lord has blessed me on your account. Okay, there's a real key here. By divination. That's by sorcery. That is not something that God would be going, Oh, this is a good thing. Then we have this very weird thing that Jacob does where he separates um, Laban's sheep from the spotted, speckled, and striped sheep and goats. So Laban gets all the solid colored ones and Jacob gets all the ones that are striped, speckled, or spotted. And then we have Jacob taking fresh rods of poplar, almond, and plane trees and peeling white stripes in them and doing something and there's making more lambs and goats and such. This is very interesting because what it is is he's actually using plants to make his lambs stronger so that they breed stronger animals. 
Um, I will post something over at um, PsalmsCast that talks about this. Um, it's just a really fascinating article about genetics and about um, using plants to make animals stronger. It was very fascinating. I won't go into it here. So um, this is a really interesting thing. I think it's very interesting, just the drama. Just it's all drama, which is what I love about Genesis. God's word is just filled with drama. Drama. 